0: Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders, and I love conversations, whether it's with local pastors, artists, filmmakers, authors, random people from the community, any opportunity to sip a cup of coffee and have a good conversation. So sit back and relax. For more conversations like this one, you can visit our website, thepulse.mn, or you can tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 Central at 104.3 The Pulse in Central Minnesota or online at thepulse.mn. Hey, this is Dave. You are listening to 104.3 The Pulse. And today we are chatting with my good friend, Dale Kuglin of Brainerd Youth for Christ. Dale, what do you have going on at Youth for Christ right now? You always have just a lot of stuff happening.
1: Always, always, always. The, the hardest thing is to try, trying to remember the the next thing, because we're always looking down the calendar. In fact, we were in a, a staff meeting a couple couple days ago and we start talking about an event that's coming. And then kind of in the middle of planning that event, all of a sudden we realize, oh, wait a minute, we have this other thing first. So we have to kind of let's, let's put a pin in it. And now we have to go backtrack because we have this other thing first. So, yeah, there's always something going on.
0: Well, I appreciate the work that you guys are doing for the young people in our community and all the things that are happening at the junction. You guys are busy and you're doing important work.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, it's it's a wonderful opportunity to, to meet with students almost on a daily basis, uh, whether it's uh, right after school or, or meeting them uh, one-to-one or being just in the community and be able to connect with them, whether it's at a ball game or at the school or anything like that. So, yeah, it's 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 great.
0: So what's the big thing on your radar right now that you are most excited about that, that Bay's up to?
1: The next thing that I'm really excited about, and that is the, the Bay Rally that's taking place on April 26th. It's
0: already that fast? Yes. So you're in like crazy zone now.
1: We are we are definitely approaching the crazy zone. Uh, we have a lot to get done. They've been working on it already for, for several weeks, uh, different aspects. And this next rally is going to be quite different than anything we've done for a while. Uh, of course, being at the NPC is different. That's just cool and fun. And I love having the the pre-rally activities. But uh, one thing that we're going to be doing different is we're highlighting the faith faith stories of students as far as testimonies of of students and realizing that uh, a young person, a young Christian can have a testimony that speaks to other people and it does not have to be that they were strung out on anything or they were in trouble with the law or anything like that. Because a lot of times a young person will feel as though I went to Sunday school when I was a kid and I never strayed from that and boy is my testimony boring. Mm. Well, it can be presented in a boring way. Sure. But it is one of those things where realizing that God kept you from a lot of of things is extremely valuable. There is something
0: powerful about a story
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that reaches people in a different way than can I share some scripture with you? Can I share the four spiritual laws with you? Can I uh, give you an object lesson? Because a story is something that is inherently yours Mm -hmm. and people... Are drawn in in a different way. They listen differently. And it's a a powerful tool at our disposal that I don't think we use enough.
1: Not nearly enough. And then we realize that everybody has a story. We just need to figure out how to use that in order to to give glory to God and to point others towards Jesus. And that's one of the things that, that Ben and I have been doing with students individually is sitting down with them and saying, okay, what's your story? Mm. Let's figure this out and inevitably they always start with it's really a boring story. okay let's be the judge of that let's let's <laughs> let's unpack that and and inev- there, it, there's always a turning point with the students where they realize that it was that that breakup or it was that, time with dad or it was that time with uh, that was just a pinnacle point where they said yes I want this in this faith to be real mm. or they're saying no I don't want that as part of my life and they, they they make a decision and and helping them to realize that those those pinnacle points is is so important to, to be able to point to and say this is where I pivoted mm. and and this is where I made a resolve you know for my own life I look back and there are Two or three things that that in my teen years in my early twenties that I point to as as a resolve moment. And and they weren't earth shaking. There was no headlines. There was you know nobody really else knew what was going on. But for me, it was a a pivot moment. And and that's where our faith can be established as because we can look back and say, no, no, no. I decided on that date that that's where I, this is the direction my life is going to be. Even though I was born on a Sunday and haven't missed church since, basically. Right. So
0: Well, that was my story, right? I mm-hmm. was, I was um, born in church and um, my, my dad was pastor and very much like Christian school and everything else. Mm-hmm. But um, I reached a, a point in my life where just struggling. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to get into all of that, but I was a mess. It was absolute mess and I got as far away from Jesus as I possibly could but that pivot moment for me was a, a dad in our church who took in the time to be a volunteer youth worker mm-hmm. and took me in as one of his own kids loved me in spite of me giving him so many reasons not to <laughs> and that's why I love what you yep. guys do because you're at such an important pivotal point in people's faith walk
1: mm-hmm.
0: where either they are just taking those first few steps in their faith walk or they're taking a few steps away from their faith walk and you're yes. getting them back on track. But we hear stories, we hear statistics about people that kind of jettison their faith on their way to college or jettison their faith in, in high school. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are, are, are standing there Making sure that we don't lose these kids.
1: Well a lot of a lot of times people will point to college as as the problem and they'll say when when students get to college they lose their faith. I, I would contend that they they never solidified it when they're in high school. Right. They they never really made it their own personal faith in junior high and high school. That's why they're so ready to leave it in college. So, if the concrete
0: has not set at that point. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things, you know, there was the term deconstruction that's been thrown around for the past mm-hmm. few years. Yep. And it's like, oh, deconstruction, gur. I think that that doesn't necessarily need to be a gur thing if it ends in like, I and I hate church and I hate Jesus. I don't have anything to it. That's different. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be an important point of saying, hold on a moment, stop the train. What do I actually believe?
1: So healthy. Who,
0: is this actually mine mm-hmm. or is this my parents? And sometimes people, they reach that crunch and they give up and they throw their hands and they they toss it aside. But that is, that is the point where you actually decide, is this something that i'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. and until you have that your faith is not your own in a yeah. lot of ways. it's 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 tearing down some of those structures that the the flimsy walls and putting up real walls and real foundations.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the things that i've said many many times to students and i've got in trouble from parents who didn't understand what i meant. and that is it's okay to ask the questions. It's okay to, to take what you th- call your faith and to dissect it, tear it apart, examine it, put it under a microscope, really, truly look at it. Because if it's based on scripture and if it's based on, on the Lord Jesus, it's going to withstand that. Right. All you're going to do is you're going to discover the truth. But then I also tell them, make sure that while you're doing that, you're asking people who know. Right. You know, you, you can't be reading Socrates and 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 you know, teachings of Buddha and, and all these other things and asking questions about Jesus. That doesn't work. You need to be looking at if you're if you're taking your own faith and you're examining it, you have to look and see what Jesus said. And it's kinda like if I really needed to dismantle my car and put it back together so it works better, I gotta talk to a mechanic. Right. I I can't talk to somebody who's really good at making fudge because that's just not going to, it'll taste delicious, but it it would, it wouldn't work. In in telling students, dissect it, look at it. We need to to do it alongside them so that they are looking at the, at the truth. And, and I honestly believe that once a student gets through that process, Mm -hmm. their faith can be very, very, very strong. And because I, I figure if, if I can talk you into being a Christian, quote unquote, somebody can talk you out. Hmm. But if you've gone through the whole entire thought process and you've, you've examined scripture and you've done the homework, it's, per, it's solid Yeah, and, and you, won't, you won't just walk away well, from that.
0: And that was the difference for me between church and Sunday school and, and Christian school education that I got. I knew a lot of the what. Mm-hmm. I did not have a great grasp of the why.
1: And that's, that's I knew vague. I could
0: I could tell you I could recite memory verses I could I knew the order of the books of the Bible I knew some church history stuff I knew theological terms but it was not real to me mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day facts and and stats and theory is not enough to sustain you when you get punched in the face by life
1: mm-hmm. yeah it, when you look at Old Testament stuff you can you can study the history of it and know what it says and even memorize a couple of verses here and there. But as soon as somebody gets in your face and says, well, if God's a loving God, why did he have, you know, this happen? And why did he have that person killed? There, there's a why.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and part of that why is God's wisdom that, which is way above our comprehension. And, and we have to be okay with that. Yeah. Realizing that there are whys that we will never know. and, that's that's important for us to be willing to accept
0: do you enjoy great music conversations about robots and devotional thoughts if so join me afternoons from two to six central on 104.3 the pulse or online at thepulse.mn. let's get back to the conversation So i got a question for you. Okay, so we've got a discussion now about when you reach a crunchy part in your faith walk. Mm -hmm. I've got kids that are younger, right? I've got my seven-year-old, nine-year-old, going to be 11 in a week. Okay. How do I, as a parent, make sure that I'm setting them up for success and, and I'm pointing them in the right direction in, in that I don't help them build a, a superficial faith and that they have a real relationship, not just an inherited relationship with Jesus from me. You know what I'm saying? Rather yeah. than doing the fixing, patching things later, mm-hmm. how do we build the things right on the front side of
1: things? The first thought that comes to my mind is is being authentic in front of your kids. And that is like for your 11 year old, being able and willing to 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 walk beside them and say, you know what? When I was your age, these are some things I struggled with, and these are some things I still struggle with. Mm-hmm. So they realize that it's not a one and done; it's a lifelong. And one thing I tried to tell my kids was: there there isn't anything that's off the table. If if you need to, if you have a question about something, ask it. And and I remember having a, a conversation with 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 a young person who basically said, I don't know if there there is a God. I just don't know. And my answer to him was, That's okay. Yeah it's okay. Just keep digging.
0: Well, in, in fostering an environment where the kid can be that gut level, honest mm-hmm. with you, knowing where you're coming from and everything, knowing that you're not going to jump all over them. Yeah. If a kid feels like, if I put this out there, how are they going to respond?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And if I'm worried that they're going to respond negatively, I'll just never go there.
1: And that was one of the responses that this individual had when we were talking it through. He said, your response threw me for a loop. He said, I was ready for a sermon. And and he said, when, when it didn't come, he goes, I, I didn't know what to say. And I, and I thought, well, that, that was wisdom beyond me because, oh, I had things to say, but I just felt as though at that moment, it was more important to give him the space to let, let God do the work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause I, and I even may have said to him something to the regard of, you know, the Lord, the Lord will show you this. And if you dig into it, and you tear it apart, and you dissect it. The truth is the truth, and, and and it will be there. And for me as a parent, I need to to know that the truth is the truth, and the truth can handle that. That that scripture torn down is still scripture. It's still God's word. And you know, for as far as helping your kids uh, be raised in a in a environment where they can be authentic, they need to see authentic, authenticity from us, right?
0: Rather than mm. telling my my kid to say. Hey, uh, you need to be praying more and reading your Bible more. If I'm reading my Bible, they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna know that that's a value. It's that that carries more weight to it than me just finger wagging.
1: Absolutely, and and for me, it's it's not so much of of saying, <laughs> "Look at me," because I am now reading my Bible. Right. It's it's one of those things where, and and my kids are, are older now. Uh, they have families of their own, and so my conversations with them is I, I'll say something something like, you know, in my I was reading this morning in Psalm 34, and it said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So that they know that I am in it, and I'm studying it, and I'm memorizing it, and it's still a thing for me. And and hopefully hopefully, I've lived a life that they'll say, I want to be like Dad, and that was part of Dad's life. Because I think if, if we are telling them over and over and over, but they're not seeing it in us, or if something really big happens, we say, man, that's an answer to prayer. Or I will pray about that. Or saying, you were really concerned about that class that you were taking. I've been praying about that. How is it going? Mm. So that they realize that what they share, you've heard and you've taken it to the Father. And then now you're just asking for for, uh, for a report.
0: That's good. Dale, on, on Sunday, our, our pastor was uh, sharing the story of the prodigal son. That's what the sermon was mm-hmm. on. And I know there's listeners right now that maybe their kids Mm-hmm. are absolutely in that space. They're that, that prodigal, yep. whether they're 13 or 18 or 25 or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what what word of encouragement, what advice would you share with that parent?
1: It sounds cliche, but don't give up. Don't give up. Realizing that, that God in his time continues to talk, continues to, to work in their life. Um, I, I think I have permission to, to talk about this. Uh, my, my oldest son went through a hard time and... When when he came back to the Lord and, and, and is now serving the Lord again, thank the Lord. And, and I told him, I prayed for you every day that you would hit rock bottom hard and fast. Mm. And that was really hard for a dad to do because it was, it was more my nature to prevent him from getting hurt.
0: Right. I don't want you to experience
1: pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want you to experience all the, the bad ramifications of your choices. I don't want you to experience that. But I had to let him experience it. And that killed me. Mm. And as as a youth worker, as a youth pastor, during those years, my heart wasn't broken. It was shredded. And it was one of those things where I kept thinking, how can I be working with students when my own is, is wandering? And as I can continue to pray, Lord, may he hit rock bottom hard and fast, but protect him. You know, we look back at it and we we see so many situations where it was, it's miraculous that he's still with us, mm. because things that could have happened that didn't happen, and he recognizes that now too. In fact, when when we were discussing all this one time, he said, "Oh, so it was your fault because you were the, <laughs> you were the one that was praying that." I said, "Yeah, okay, it's my fault that uh, you hit hard and fast." Right, but it was also one of those things where. And and his story is his story. So I, I, but what he did have that that pivot moment in his life where he decided to, to return. I was the first phone call, mm. and and it was one of many because we had many many phone calls. And I let him know during that whole time, I'm not off limits, and there there are no conversations that are off limits. And and full disclosure, that one of the students that I've had that. That conversation of I don't think there is a God, and me saying that's okay, was Him. Mm. And that wasn't an easy thing to admit. You know, I, I want my kids to be serving the Lord. Right. And now, on the other side of that, I realize all the different ways that God was using the situations, the, the circumstances, the miracles. And I could go through so many different situations where it was obviously the Lord that was right. putting pieces together. Things that I could not do, uh, but being remembering that God is faithful.
0: Yeah, there is a whole lot more people praying for me when I was off in the weeds mm-hmm. than I had any concept of at the time. Absolutely, and a lot of people afterwards. I said, "Oh, I was praying for you. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> you. You were a mess." I was like, "I was a mess." <laughs> we we knew <laughs> we were praying for I you. I know that that's true. And so it's I don't don't think that that don't ever discount. The importance of continuing to pray. Mm. Um, praying for people. It's like, I've been praying for this person for years. Yeah, Don't stop praying. That was, mm-hmm. that was my friend, Neil. I, I prayed for him for years before he came around mm-hmm. and came to know Jesus again. And yeah, being a caring, competent adult, being available, fostering a situation where conversations can take place, continuing to pray for people.
1: One other thought I have with that is, I know too many parents who their, their own personal walk gets derailed by life situations. But but I would challenge those parents, don't forget what the ramifications are with your kids. Mm. And and some of them, you know, I'm thinking of one family right now that, that during COVID, they, you know, it was, that's a whole nother subject, but they, they didn't go to church. They watched it online and then they watched it a little bit less and a little bit less, a little bit less. And to the point now that they are absolutely, completely 100% uninvolved with church mm. and, and they, they feel as though, eh, I'm still a Christian. I still know what, you know, my, I still have a faith, but what's it doing to your kids? Yeah. Cause now th- these kids are growing up through high school with zero Jesus centered relationships with zero Jesus centered education. And it's, it's, it's hurting them and they're not realizing it.
0: Yeah. Dale, I could pick your brain all day. I appreciate your heart for people. I young have a people. very big
1: brain, so we could do that.
0: Hey, uh, thank you for the work you do with Youth for Christ and the Junction and uh, people want to volunteer with Youth for Christ or they want to support what you guys are doing. Where can they find out more?
1: Best way of doing it is just log on to our website brainerdyfc.com. Uh there is a get involved tag on the top tab there and and they just can scroll down and Either, either um, if they want to volunteer as, well, there's several different areas. It's all right there, applications, whatnot. Or if they just have a question, they can. there's a, a place to leave an email there, and they can do that. Or awesome. Or just give us a call.
0: Thank you, Dale. Thank for, you. For chatting. You're an awesome dude.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Thanks for listening to Dave Wonders. You can find more episodes of Dave Wonders on the website, thepulse.mn, or any place you get your podcasts.